0: Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice, with your host, Rocky Deer.
1: Hello, and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, recorded from the annual meeting in Austin, Texas. This is Rocky Deer, and I'm the host for today's show, which is being sponsored by LawPay, trusted by more than 35,000 law firms to accept legal payments online it's the only payment solution offered as a member benefit by the State Bar of Texas. Joining me now, I have Asha Rangappa. Asha, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, Asha, I know you've been you've been here at the annual meeting talking to us about disinformation, and most lawyers love information. So you're talking about the exact <laughs> opposite. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and I know people have heard of you, but I'm sure they'd love to hear hear it from you.
2: Yeah. So I am a lawyer. Uh, I graduated from Yale Law School in 2000, and I clerked, um, and I then went to the FBI. 9-11 happened right at the end of my clerkship, so I joined the FBI, and I ended up as a special agent doing counterintelligence investigations.
1: Domestically, or was this also like international counterintelligence?
2: Well, the FBI has primary jurisdiction to monitor foreign intelligence activity in the United States, so basically catching spies that are here in the United States and up to no good. you know, so I got a lot of experience doing things like electronic surveillance, like visas, things that at the time I, I thought no one will, like, when will this ever be relevant again in my life? And here I am, you know, uh, I, I am explaining that now to audiences. But one of the things that I worked on was something called perception management operations.
1: I need that with my wife sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So perception management is when a foreign country uh, uses clandestine means to shape U.S. opinion and attitudes towards, you know, particular policies or or in ways that will help that country. And basically, what we've seen since 2016 is that Russia's engaged in an ongoing perception management operation, and what I was trying to explain is how that happens um, and how we are complicit in that and what we can do about it as people, as American citizens, and as lawyers.
1: So, we meaning as, as- As Americans and as lawyers, is it maybe fair to say that we're not victims in this? We kind of helped Russia along in some way?
2: Exactly. So, you know, it's very tempting to put the blame on. On, on disinformation on social media platforms, for example, or on the government because they're not stopping it. And th- they are parts of the of the solution, no doubt. Um, social media definitely makes it easier and faster for countries like Russia to spread disinformation. But as I explained to the audience today, You know, this has been going on since the Cold War. Social media has made it cheaper and faster. But the way that we are complicit is that we have become increasingly politically polarized over the last several decades. And as we become more polarized, we start to weaken our internal defenses, which is, you know, our internal social trust, the ways that we can, um, you know, our ability to protect against this be, simply because we have a shared understanding of our values, of our fellow citizens that make us less susceptible to the disinformation. Um, and we're now in a much more vulnerable state.
1: So, so we hear this term thrown around a lot, fake news. Mm-hmm. Is disinformation that this concept you're referring to with disinformation and that too perpetrated by foreign parties, is that, is that part of this fake news phenomenon? Or is it kind of distinct from it?
2: (laughs) It's hard to say now since it's become such an ubiquitous term and it's now used to refer to any news that people don't like. Um, And I think that that kind of... uh, So I I probably would just call it disinformation, which is a more precise and technical term. But the, the very fact that we have this idea of fake news that the press is the enemy of the people is that we now have... Uh, you know, political bubbles where people are living in entirely different factual realities. We don't have echo chambers, chambers, but really like an uh, unwillingness to accept a basic shared set of facts and also a a basic shared set of governing values. And what happens is democracy cannot sustain in that kind of situation. Um, It begins to fall apart. People become more open and susceptible to autocratic Tendencies and figures, and I think that is where we are headed, unless we start to think about how we are engaging with our fellow citizens, how we are using social media, um, and whether we are reinforcing our, you know, our democratic principles. So it's
1: it's an interesting concept that you that you bring up because on the one hand, part of democracy is freedom,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's the freedom to associate with those. You like associating with, right? So if if I want to if I want to be with people that share my political views, down to the T, then that's my right as a as a member of a democratic society. But it sounds like what you're saying is that I'm not being a responsible democratic citizen unless I meaningfully and civilly engage with somebody with possibly opposing viewpoints and try to understand them. Is that?
2: That's exactly right. So one of the concepts that I explained in my talk was the concept of social capital. And social capital is how we create relationships with each other. And there's a Harvard professor named Robert Putnam who wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And he says we create relationships in one of two ways, bonding and bridging. So you describe bonding. These are people that are like me. They agree with me. I share characteristics. Maybe we share the same race or religion or political affiliation. Um and bridging is I have relationships with people who are different than me. Now, what Putnam says is both of these are good, okay? Uh, when you bond with people, you have you know, a close circle of trust. You have a security, a social security net. Think about you know, uh, ethnic enclaves for immigrants who come to this country. That's what they need. Um, but bridging allows ideas to travel farther, faster. It creates trust among different groups of people. What happens is that when you do too much bonding... And not enough bridging, there are a lot of ex- negative externalities. And specifically, what happens is people become very tribal, and they become to they start to mistrust outsiders. It's in group out group. Uh, they create policies based on exclusion um, and fear of the outsider, and so you start to get this imbalance in uh, you know how we relate to each other and, and some really dangerous tendencies. I think that's where we are today in other words you need a balance between the two
1: well sure sure and th- this sounds like a topic that that we could probably talk all day about because yep. it's it's huge we've got limited time here so i'm going to ask you one last question yep. because i imagine you've got you've got other things to do as well <laughs> no
2: i could talk on this all day if i if i didn't have a plane to catch yeah, I'd, no, i it's a fascinating topic
1: i'm with you i'm with you i'd stay here too i guess one last question bringing this back to the world of lawyers yes. since this is the state bar podcast yep as lawyers do we need to be trying to think about or starting to promulgate rules for social conduct or how do we how do we play a role in trying to combat tribalism yep. and then i guess the the resulting disinformation yeah. that can happen from that
2: perfect question cuz this was my takeaway message to the group so when social s- you know, scientists, political scientists, a behavioral scientists study, tribalism, um, what they find is that people are very reluctant to leave their tribes. Um, it's all about loyalty. It's no longer about actually, like, whether you believe the information or whether it's actually factually accurate, you are showing your membership in a tribe. But one thing that can loosen tribal ties is when you appeal to civic mindedness, to the greater good, to shared principles, to things that are higher. And this is exactly what lawyers are trained to do. This is what we do every day in our profession. Um, you may not believe your defendant is actually innocent, but you believe he or she is entitled to due process and a fair trial, and you will zealously defend that right. Um, and so I think that there is a space for lawyers and, and the legal profession and bar associations to fill a gap in essentially civic education where they are out there being art, you know articulating those democratic principles, shared values, rule of law, these things that really define us as a nation and as a way of pulling us out of some of these you know tribal silos.
1: It's interesting because we actually have an episode of the State Bar podcast called Lawyers as Leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying kind of fits directly into that that concept that we need to take back the mantle of leadership yep. to try to help lead society the way we at least allegedly once did. So, yes. So interesting. And, and the name of Putnam's book was Bowling Alone. Bowling Alone. I bowled alone one time and I lost. So I, I stopped doing that. But Does it know,
2: count if there's no one there to see you? Lose? You know, that's
1: a philosophical question. We'll do a follow-up <laughs> podcast on that one. But, you know, folks, it does look like we've reached the end of our program. I want to thank Asha Rangappa for joining us today. Asha, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Now, if our listeners have questions or wish to follow up or want to engage in this discussion... What's the best way to reach out to you?
2: Well, they can follow me on Twitter. Okay, at Asha Rangapa under uh, underscore.
1: Underscore. Okay. Asha say that again. Underscore Rangappa. At Asha
2: okay. un- Asha Rangappa underscore. Oh, okay.
1: The underscore is at the end.
2: The underscore is at the end. That's I, innovative. There were several Asha Rangappas already taken, if you can believe it or not. Wow. So I had to add an underscore. <laughs> it's okay. Very weird. That, um, whatever works. Uh, or I, I also have a website. Uh, www.asharangappa.com, And um, among my articles on there is one called Disinformation, Democracy, and the Rule of Law, which essentially lays out the themes that I talked about today in my, in my talk.
1: Well, good, good. Hopefully somebody will reach out and, and get more involved. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast brought to you by... LawPay. Yay. Thank you again, LawPay. Also, thank you for, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Rocky Deer. Until next time, thank you for listening.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries.